place us on mute so that I Sherry. Thank you for joining us. Um, Barack, are you there still? Barack, are you? Yes, there? I am. Hi, Barack. Are you? Did, um, I guess you can't do video because of the connection, correct? Uh, no, I can't do video because where I am, it, there's a little poor, there's poor lighting. No, it's perfectly fine. This picture of you is great. All right. And we have Dr. Mohammed, who's also um, there, okay. there to observe and listen. Um, Dr. Mohammed and I'll have Sherry just introduce yourselves. Um, they are here to listen. Um, Dr. Mohammed is a liaison that we worked with very closely in the University of um, Jordan. Jordan. I say Amman, but I'm like, that can't be right. University of Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, do you hear me, please? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, oh, I use this one instead. Professor Mohammed Al Shraide from the University of Jordan. Actually, my major is computer science. I'm now working as a general registrar and, in addition, also dean of the graduate school. Thank um, you so much. It's, we're really delighted that you're here to observe. And we have another person observing, um, Sherry Whitley. Yeah, thank you very much, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. My name is Sherry Whitley. Uh, I work at Columbia in the Office of Communications and Public Affairs. I'm the Executive Director of Digital Strategy. And I uh, am also um, very interested in how people form publics and communities um, in digital space and virtual space. And so I have done some research on how people do that. So I'm very interested in how young people are forming new publics online, especially um, social movements that are built either around a political cause or in the case of COVID-19, um, emergency, a global emergency. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Wonderful to meet you. So we're here to hear from you, and we will be silent. I'll pose some questions, but I'll be in the background. Um, Sorry, I know some of your faces um, and so definitely some of your names, some of you I've not met before. And I would like for us to each introduce ourselves, just your first name, this, the locality, and the country from where you're calling. Um, and I would also like to know what institution you're a part of, whether it is a university or a community center, just so we get a sense of who is in this room with us. Um, again, my name is Darlene. Uh, I'm a researcher uh, with Columbia. I'm a PhD in um, uh, anthropology. Um, I think about issues of crisis, interestingly enough, and imagination and change. Um, looking specifically at um, intellectuals and artists, returned migrants, um, returned intellectuals and artists in um, post-conflict situations. Um, so it's wonderful to be part of this project. There are many overlaps, I think. Um, sometimes you might hear a five-year-old in the background complaining about one thing or the other. Um, please, uh, that's my son. Part of my new reality is that I homeschool in addition to doing everything else. Okay. So let's hear from Barack and then uh, Coco, um, uh, Vivi, um, Jair. Um, 
Sima. Also, if I'm saying your name wrong, just correct me, right? I'm trying. Uh, um, Seval Garcia, Mehmet, Emerson, Anne, um, in that order. If you can remember it, because I can't. Okay. My name is Barack Omondi, uh, a journalism student at Multimedia University of Kenya. What I do for society is uh, I love much about leadership and governance. Thank you so much, Barack. Who is next? I think I am next. Um, so hello everyone, my name is Coco. I am currently in California in the US. I'm a student in Columbia College um, studying comparative literature and society. So I'm very interested in um, issues surrounding global communication and different cultural perceptions of essentially the same event that is influencing us differently. Um, this Around this time last year, I've participated in a actual like physical um, Youth in a Changing World event. And so I'm very excited to be joining um, it for a second time on a virtual space. Thank you. Uh, who is next? Uh, I was, I had to move because my connection is bad. Uh, hi everyone, my name is uh, Viviana or Vivi for short. I'm currently in New York, also in the US. Uh, and am a graduate student of Columbia University. I focus on, um, or my, my master's is on American studies, and so I mostly focus on revolutions. So in this case also, I focus a lot on change. Um, and I work with Darlene, so I'm a program assistant, and I'll be taking notes in the background. Who is next? Me. Uh, hello. Uh, can you hear me? Okay, so my name is Jirair. Uh, I know it's a hard name to spell. Uh, I'm from Lebanon. From uh, I'm a university student studying physical therapy. Uh, I'm part of an NGO, HBU. That's how I'm participating in this online webinar today. And I believe that the youth can change the world, and that's why I was excited to participate in this webinar. Thank you. Thank you so much. Who is next? We can't hear you very well. Uh, now, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, my name is Emma. Um, I'm studying at Boric University and Master of Engineering. Uh, but I take a class uh, Conflict Transformation and Expressive Arts. Uh, and my teacher suggests uh, that I should participate in uh, this award. Uh, so I'm here for that. Thank you. And you're calling from Turkey, Istanbul? Yes, Turkey. Uh, normally I live in Istanbul, but uh, because of disease, uh, I'm now uh, living with my family in a village of Balkis. Uh, it's uh, another city in Turkey. 
Hello, it's my turn. Can you hear me? Okay, so um, hello everybody. My name is Sevag. I'm from Lebanon. I'm also a member in AGBU Lebanon, uh, the, the organization that's participating in this webinar. I'm also the head of the university students group there. I'm also a leader of the Scouts movement. And uh, personally, I've graduated uh, in political science, so I'm interested in looking uh, to this crisis in a political perspective and in an economic perspective. So I'm very much interested in uh, joining this discussion. Thank you. Yes, um, Garcia. Hi, uh, my name is Garcia. I'm also from Lebanon. And just like Jirair and Sevag, I'm also part of uh, AGPU. Uh, I'm the leader of the Girl Scouts there. And I'm also a university student at Notre Dame University, and I'm majoring in management information system. And uh, I was very interested in seeing how the youth is actually in working their issues out in the circumstances and to see their perspective. Thank you. Um, who was next? Was it Anne and then Emerson or Emerson and then Anne? What about um, Mehmet? Who was next? I, I forget. I'm sorry. Me? Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Emerson. I'm from Brazil. Uh, I study international relations in the UERJ State University, and I have a people college. Uh, I have a group uh, who studies diaspora and uh, international relations based on racial conflicts, racial issues. Uh, it's it's only for black people and people who are Afro Brazilians, and uh, I am also uh, participating in some of uh collecting resources for uh, give food and uh, basic materials for people who live in, in slums here in brazil uh it's like a social work that uh, uh, i basically uh, have a network here in brazil and uh, yeah is that I, I am a scholar and i also work with social work uh, it's nice to meet you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, the two left, whoever would like to go first. <laughs> Namath or, or Anne? Okay. I think I can go first. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, we can hear you. Uh, all right. So... Mm. My name is Anne and Rosa Samba from Kenya in Mombasa. And I'm a trained journalist, but I do communication for development because I now work with the civil society. I'm currently working on a human rights program with an organization called Human uh, Huria, Human Rights uh, Organization. And I, I work, work part-time with Facebook. Facebook Kenya, where we are training SMEs. I'm very passionate about youth involvement in decision making, and that's why I was very interested in participating in this. I've worked with the young people for the last 10 years in different uh, 
faculties such as violent extremism, governance, and peace building. Thank you so much. And uh, Mehmet, last but not least. Okay, hello everyone. Can everyone hear me? Uh, my name is Mehmet Alp. I'm joining from Turkey and I'm a student at Boziç University. I'm studying linguistics. Uh, I was fortunate enough to join the workshop before in Istanbul. And I'm also interested in how the language the youth uses in this constantly changing world and what role we have. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you, everyone. So for a lot of us, me included, actually, English is my second language. Um, so what I ask is that we speak slower than usual so that we can understand each other. Um, I don't know, maybe you've heard the New York accent on TV, but I actually have a Boston accent. So if you need me to speak slower because some of the things I'm saying aren't coming out clearly, let me know. Um, and we just, we want to be able to understand one another. We want to be able to hear one another. Um, and for those of us where this topic of youth in a changing world hits home, um, I think what is important is that we understand different perspectives. Um, I invite you all as participants to draw from what you're learning in your own work um, and thinking about, um, I mean, it's kind of funny in terms in the United States, there are slogans, slogans, is that what you call them, Vivi? Like these, the, the things that come up all the time, um, like United We Stand, et cetera. But the one for this particular crisis is, um, is it together alone or alone together? Uh, alone together, I think. Yeah. Alone together, and um, I don't know. I, I prefer together. <laughs> um, alone. Um, really thinking about what it means to connect at this time. Um, in terms of, I think we talked about the guidelines. Let's be respectful. Everyone's perspective is true and valid for them. It is not about truth. It is about um, where one is coming from. We'll each have one minute to speak. One minute is per perhaps a, quite a long time, but everyone will have a minute to answer the question and then we'll engage in discussion. Please use the chat feature. If there is a question that you wanna ask, if there's something that you feel like is left unclear, use the chat feature because that's gonna help me as I moderate this conversation. Um, let's pose the first question and speaking of using the chat feature, I think that what I'll do is even after I pose the question, I would like to put it in the chat feature just so it's there. Um, I don't want my accent to be a barrier to understanding. Uh, so let me, put, let me put it in the chat feature. All right, this should go to everyone. Let me know if you can see it. Okay, so the question is, how has the coronavirus affected your life? And what has been the most unexpected part of this effect of its impact on your life? Um, 
I'm going to start by just calling out names as I see them. I'll pose the question again, how has the coronavirus affected your life? And what has been the most unexpected part of this impact? Let's start with Coco. Um, sure. So um, I feel like, well, the most obvious effect is that now I am moving back from um, the dorm that I live in at school to home with my parents and the rest of my family, um, which I haven't been doing so for the past eight years because I went to boarding school um, even before going into college. And so I guess the most unexpected part of the impact is how much political disagreement I have with my parents in terms of the way that we are thinking about this global phenomenon. And especially because my parents and myself included are Chinese immigrants, and there are a lot of um, discourse both in the Chinese internet and the English speaking internet about the role that China as the first country where the outbreak happened has to play in this um, whole crisis right now. Um, and I just cannot help but get into arguments of all sorts with my parents and their parents every single day. And um, I wouldn't say it's like looking back on it, I wouldn't say it's that unexpected, but I think um, I definitely underestimated the emotional impact that our political and ideological differences would have on me. Because um, in my household, we've pretty much always been emotionally very close, and politics has never played a role in our daily lives, basically. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coco. So thinking about the emotional impact of differing political views, for sure. Jiara, uh, please help me in pronouncing your name. I know I can get it right. It's Jiara, uh, it's a bit hard. Gia, um, let's hear from you. And the question again, how has the coronavirus affected your life? And what has been the most unexpected part of this impact? Okay, so unlike uh, Coco who was talking about moving in with her family, we all, in Lebanon I already lived with my family even though I was going to university. So the family impact wasn't that much. But the most uh, unexpected and the most the biggest impact that this coronavirus had on my life was all the things that i took for granted while i could live a normal life all the things i could do while there was there was no pandemic there was no there were no rules about where we could go where we couldn't go here in lebanon it's been almost over um, more than a month and a half there are no universities and schools uh, almost a month that uh, we can't go outside a lot. There are rules and stuff. So I guess the most uh, unexpected part was how this had an impact on my life. Uh, how this, how I didn't uh, take the little things in life seriously and I didn't value them that much. Thank you so much. Uh, Sima? 
Shema, actually. Shema, can you say it one more time so I can get it correctly? Shema. Shema. Yes. Um, uh, after the first um, affected people appear in Turkey, uh, our school uh, decided to have a vacation or something like that. But after that, uh, the um, period uh, be longer than uh, we expect. And uh, I turned back my family house. Uh, and uh, for 10 years or maybe more, I, I have not uh, been there for a long time. And I, I realized that uh, I haven't a life with my family. Uh, the com communication and emotional uh, relationships are so weak and <laughs> I uh, don't feel I am long there. So the unexpected effect uh, that was and uh, the uncertainty bothers me. <laughs> I don't know even uh, tomorrow what will happen and uh, I think I'm scary the life how it's gonna be. Thank you, Shema. Um, Savang? So, uh, when I got asked how, how has the coronavirus We cannot hear you very well. Maybe it would be better if you took off the video. Now, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so when I got asked how has the coronavirus affected my life, so it has affected my life in a big way. Like, we all agree that life as we know it has changed completely. Like, when we say, when are we going back to normal? I think that we have to agree what normal is. It's changed. It's not uh, as we know it. So it has had a big effect on me. Like everything that I do is situated in one place. Like I work from home. I communicate with my friends from home. My family is at home. Everything like I do has been confined to a single place. Like this hasn't been the case for more for most of us before. So. That has an effect. Of course, it has an emotional effect. You can't go out, do things as you used to, see your friends. It has an emotional effect as well. So it's a, comp it's a mixture of different feelings. But uh, me personally, I got used to it. So it's OK. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Namet? I couldn't get, did you call my name? Yes, I did. Okay, so how has the coronavirus affected my life? Well, at first, uh, I thought it was going to be not of a big break because our university gave like a spring break. So I was in the, I was like just packing up my stuff thinking, well, it'll be over. We'll get over it. But then I saw that it got bigger and it had more serious impact and 
how it has affected me, my life, well, I can say that if I compare it to the times before, such as the bubonic plague and sort of those things, I can see that we have come a long way because we're able to do many things through just one place at, from our houses. But at the same time, I see that the this time has given us and personally me an opportunity to just check on everything that I have taken for granted in my life and re-examine them again and think about them if I was acting as the best I could, whether it be my family relations, whether it be my actions about the environment or about everything else. And the most unexpected part of this impact was, uh, well, it made me see that uh, at the same time, we have come a long way, but uh, we still have, I, I personally see, like, I see that I think I learned so, uh, I learned so easily, but it really takes sometimes big things for me to realize the things that I couldn't see before. So I uh, agree on the taking things for granted issue. And so the most unexpected thing was making me realize how different things need to come for me to realize some things I couldn't have seen before. Basically. Thank you so much. Um, Garcia? Hi again. Okay, so um, I don't know if all of you are aware of the situation that has been going on in Lebanon for the past few months with the revolution thing and our economy crashing and whatnot. So that already had a huge impact on us, especially my family. And uh, because of this uh, pandemic, it affected us even more because uh, in Lebanon, we've been in quarantine for around a month and a half, two months, and we own a clothing store, so my dad can't go to work. Uh, so financially, we've been struggling, and my brother and I have had to go to work, even though it's uh, very risky, but uh, we're, we're sacrificing this, our health somewhat uh, to try to support our family since my dad's work is our only source of income. So that has put a lot of pressure on us. But it has also made us uh, more productive. So we've been trying to work, work it out as much as we can, asking for overtime and other stuff. And uh, since we have the curfew in Lebanon, we can't go out after 7 p.m. So it's a bit hard to go and help my grandparents, get them uh, grocery and everything they need. And especially because there's another kind of rule that we have here based on the car's plate number. Even the car plates numbers that end with even numbers can only go out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the other days, the car plate numbers that end with odd numbers. So it's a bit challenging for us to help our families. Uh, so maybe that's the biggest impact it had on me. It was very un unexpected for me to be supporting my family so much at this age. And uh, emotionally, of course, uh, being at home with my parents for two months is stressful. Uh, and I guess that basically summarizes all of it.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Emerson. Uh, hello. So here in Brazil, the situation is very critical because our president don't support the lockdown. So uh, the, uh, the poor people are going to the works normally. So it's very, it's a very strange situation. Please, can you turn down your, your phone? Thank you, thank you. And uh, yeah, it's it's been weird, and uh, I'm I'm really scared because our president doesn't support the lockdown, and uh, it's very difficult because uh, I'm I'm in my house working in my house, but my neighbors are going to to the streets normally, like uh, going to going to the the jobs because. The, the lockdown here it's a privilege for for work because uh, the poor people doesn't have the rights to 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 stay in the home because uh, there's a lack of water because here in Brazil we have a lot of poor communities that lives in slums so uh, the majority of people do, doesn't have alcohol to pass in their hands uh, basic things. Uh, so I'm working from my home, collecting some uh, some money to spread to to those communities to to send the, the alcohol, water, clean water, principally, and uh, yeah, uh, that's the way that I'm I'm trying to help the situation here in Brazil because uh, I, I'm in touch with a lot of companies and a lot of NGOs. So I have the, the contact with those people and I'm sending to my, my peers, to my colleagues that work directly in those communities to, to help them. So the situation is crazy. Uh, I'm not to have a, a, a day of rest. So I'm working all the time and uh, Basically, is this. Thank you, Emerson. Let's hear from Anne and then Brock. Hi, everyone. Hope you can hear me. So, how has coronavirus affected my life? Oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. So, so just like um, my uh, my colleague from Brazil, sorry, I can't pronounce your name, Emerson, I guess. So uh, there's also a lockdown here in Kenya, but the lockdown is partial and there's curfew to specific regions. I don't know what you call them there. Here we call them counties. For example, we have a lockdown in Mombasa where I'm based in Kwale, Nairobi, I think, and one more county. So it's crazy because it means I have to work from home and I can't I can't like go to town. They've put like stopovers where they're uh, they're checking people for for the uh, protective measures. Like if you must have like a face mask, sanitizer, and all these things. But individually, I will say the emotional baggage that has come with it, I didn't expect it. Especially for us, uh, I was actually making a joke yesterday on Twitter that extroverts are really suffering. <laughs> yeah, it's on a lighter note, but yeah. 
it's it's chaotic and 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 it's really uh making me have some panic panic attacks because i never imagined the magnitude of what coronavirus would look like i just thought maybe it's something we will will have on the first week and have a small curfew and then things go back to normal but personally it has paralyzed all my activities and like like what amazon said i'm also working on on a project on a small project for me and my friends where we are we are printing out uh, information on papers of coronavirus preventive measures. And then we're also taking sanitizers and locally made soap to the communities who are living in informal settlements. And thank you so much for sharing. Barak, last but not least. Okay, uh, thank you all. This is Barak from Nairobi, Kenya how coronavirus has affected me. Uh, academically, it has really affected me such that it came uh, it came during the point when I never expected because uh, academically I had only like uh, two, three weeks to the end of my, uh, my life in campus. Then that has to just go in a still. Uh, apart from that, uh, socially, it has also affected me being an extrovert, a extrovert person and a person who loves uh, leadership and governance. Uh, most of the organization that I used to add to, to lead, I had uh, everything has to go standstill, all the programs, all the activity. Uh, again, uh, becoming, having been raised in uh, slum, uh, in slum, uh, some people still take it as um, just uh, any other disease. They don't take it that serious. And um, what uh, I feel emotionally is, Maybe when it will get to the slum, uh, to be specific, I'm from Kibera slum. When it will get to the slum, uh, I think it will be more deadly and more lives are, will be in danger. So those are some of the things that it has really affected me. And then um, what I learned from it, the surprise is that um, when you have time, you have to take everything uh, serious. Uh, some of the activities that I used to, uh, to procrastinate or to postpone, uh, the, I realized that that moment when the first uh, when the first case was found, everything came to standstill, and I could not achieve some of my targets that I had planned earlier. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We have a few minutes to have an open discussion. This is where we can ask each other questions, where we can share. Um, if you have a question you want to pose to the group, just put it in the chat feature and I'll pose it to the group. Um, one question that's burning in my mind because everyone brought it up was that when we talk about the unexpected impact, everyone has talked about the emotional impact. Um, and we've used the word, almost all of us, emotional impact. I would like to learn more about what it feels like um, for those who would like to share. I've heard words, stress. I've heard the phrases, not knowing and fear. I would like to get a better sense of how we're feeling um, or the unexpected part, right, of that feeling. 
Um, and then um, if anybody else has a question or something that they would like to pose at this time, you can put in the chat feature and then we'll pose it to the group. I want as much as possible for you all to engage what, each, what you've shared. Um, anyone can go. You'll just take yourself off mute and begin speaking. Hello. Can you just repeat what you said? So I wanted to hear more the feeling of the emotional impact. A lot of us have talked about the emotional impact. Um, we've used some words like stressful. We've used other words, other words like or phrases. And I would like to, I would like to um, hear more about that. I think for me, really, it would be the panic anxieties. And I think we lost. I'm lost. Yes, we hear you. Yeah, you hear me now. Oh my God, sorry. Sorry, I was saying like for for me, it's really challenging because first of all, there is I feel like there is a lot of unseen stigma that is coming with all this COVID-19 issue because like for me, where I come from, the coast regions is one of the places that had the first case of coronavirus in the country. And so everybody who is not from Mombasa or the entirely coast region is calling me to ask me, hey, are you okay? Are you this? Are you this? And there's so much fear. Like we were looking at I said before that um, I have these mentees I'm mentoring on human rights, on human rights work. And yesterday we had a we had a Zoom meeting, and we were looking at the demographic and 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 the the chain matrix of how someone gets infected. For instance, if 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 maybe I was in infected then infect my family then i don't know my family infects who and for me the whole thing is traumatizing especially the idea of being locked down in a place where i'm not allowed to go out because at at 6 30 you cannot go outside even if it means going to the shop and just i'm just looking at how my life will be like being stuck in one place and not being able to do stuff that i'm able to do and then the trauma that is coming with it because it's almost as if everyone like when you said you're from coast, like everyone is like, oh, that's where your coronavirus started and stuff like that. And then the other baggage is the baggage of, you know, coming, having to come to come back home. And, and yeah, you have parents to deal with and you have coronavirus to deal with. You have deadlines to beat, you know, working online and all the challenges that comes with the technology. And I think for me, it's just crazy. I have this feeling where I just feel like I want to go like, outside a beach and just scream and open my eyes and see corona is gone. I don't know, it's a crazy idea, but yeah, this is what I feel. Thank you so much. We'll hear from some other um, people and then we have a question posed to the group um, that we'll ask before we move on to the second main question. And again, please use the chat feature. Anything that's on your mind that you want to share with the group, we can all see it. Anybody else want to share back? And thank you for sharing um, the analogy and um, the good words to share about um, the, the feeling that you have. I hear, I see Emerson. Is there anybody else? Anybody else want to share? Okay, um, I'd like to share something uh, for me when emotionally. Sorry, Barack, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. 
we'll go to Emerson and then to you. And if there's no one else, I think you'll have, oh, um, so we'll do Emerson, Barack, and then um, um, Savag, and then um, we'll move on. Uh, I have a feeling that we have to hurry up to help uh, as much as we can each others and our communities. Uh, uh, principally when you have a background and uh, the knowledge of what you have to do to help those people. Like uh, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the thing that I tell to all my friends. If you are geography, you are, if you are a teacher, if you are uh, a, a math professional, so you can help this crisis. You can get the, your place in this, in this crisis right now because it's time to you raise your voice, right? Uh, so for me, it's, it's a very, it's a very important moment in the history to make history, to make things different. Because here in Brazil, we have a lot of uh, wave of nationalism. And I believe that in the, the other countries too. So how can we impact, uh, uh, how can we, we, we make this crisis change the, the behavior of those politics? How can we, how can we make the difference right now for people, for, for the whole things doesn't go back to the normal. I don't want to go back to the normal. I want to make difference, you know? So I think that is the feeling. We have to make difference with that. Thank you so much, Emerson. Brock? Okay, thank you all once again. Uh, so when I want, uh, only want to add something on the emotional uh, emotional effect is uh, on my side it has really I, I can't I'll talk about uh, maybe that thing it used to be there uh, there's no any more physical uh, contact with our loves our loved one it has really affected basically uh, me because uh, in African when I, as the way I was brought up is uh, there must be that physical uh, or emotional. Uh, feeling especially to the loved one maybe early in the morning you want to greet them there is no there's no there's no that physical uh, uh, attachment so when it's not there you are like there's too much um isolation and stigmatization when uh, a friend or even a family uh uses even just a cup and he passes it on to you you are like oh no i think i should sanitize it maybe before i use it so when you want it i end up uh Mm, staying indoors and uh, indoor because of uh, to avoid stigmatization and this has uh, led to loneliness, which also in one way or the other also lead to depression or stress. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Sava. Yes. So I just want to answer the question Ms. Whiteley posted. She said she's curious if this crisis has caused any of you to reconsider your priorities. So this is something I think about every day on a personal level. Like uh, now, I think I have that, this golden time to do what I always wanted to do. The things that I wrote on paper, I'm going to do this and that, I'm going to organize my life. It's like very difficult. It's easy when you write it down, but 
the, the implementation is, I think it's a challenge for all of us. So now I think of it like it's time to prove myself if I'm going to do these things or not. So, and uh, they're basically things I, I think I consider them beneficial for me, like working out like an hour a day, learning uh, that online course, continuing it, uh, helping some friends with their university studies. Uh, I started learning a new language, for example. So it has been a great shift in my priorities. So uh, yes, it's something like I think about every moment uh, because I think that it's like an open-ended uh, time that we have been granted. Let's say I think of it that way. Like I have this time; it's been given. So if I'm going to make use of it for the better or not, emotionally I've been stable. Like I'm always connected with my friends on Zoom, so I see them like every night. It, it's like nothing has changed. Basically, we're just sitting on our laptops, but not sitting in front of each other. We're still playing cards. We're talking to each other, so it's the same. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's like this physical confinement that's basically having an emotional effect like it's like a prison you can't do anything so that has been an emotional effect for me personally other than that yeah my priorities uh, have shifted in the sense that I started considering things that I took for granted or started th looking things at a different way so yeah that's the basic uh, the most important challenge I've been facing so I just wanted to share that with you thank you for the question Thank you. Would anybody else like to respond to um, the question, um, and this is kind of just an offshoot, in what ways has the crisis caused you to reconsider your priorities? Anybody else would like to weigh in? Garcia, I see Garcia and I see um, um, Shima and I see Coco. I don't know who had the last to speak, so let's go Coco, <laughs> Shima, and then Garcia, and then we'll head to the final question of our group. Um, I feel like um, not, I want to respond to this question not so much from the perspective of how I want to, of like priorities in terms of like how to plan my life in the long term, but rather how I prioritize prioritize how I spent my time within like every 24 hour frame. Um, I think as when I'm at school, I've always prioritized schoolwork first and I really should still be doing that even when I'm studying at home right now. Um, and I think I am still trying my best to stick with my work ethic when I'm back at school. Um, but one thing that I think I've prioritized even over academics is discussions on current events because um, news come up every single day and I feel this urge to share my opinions to these newly come up events with my friends and family because if I, I feel like if I delay my discussion to even the second day, something else might have come up that's new and that will change the flow of the conversation. So there is just this urge to be instantaneously engaging with the world, even when I'm locked down. Thank you. Who is next? Hi again. Um, 
Um, before the pandemic, uh, I have many priorities, uh, like my school and my job. Uh, I, was I, I, I was working as a waitress to um, make some money for travel uh, abroad, uh, and it was my priority and my um, dream for this summer. But uh, now I should uh, be stay at home and my plan for uh, this year was uh, all of them uh, should be postponed and uh, so I should reconsider my uh, priorities for <laughs> because I uh, have to do that uh, because my old plans for uh, this year was over. Thank you so much. Um, we have one last person sharing on this topic. Uh, okay, so I experienced the exact opposite of what Coco experienced, experienced through this pandemic. Um, I was actually an extrovert somehow, but I did have that introvert characteristics inside me as well. But before this whole pandemic, I was much more social and I used to go out to to a lot of places and events and discussions, etc., And I wouldn't actually pay a lot of attention to my family. And I didn't actually care much about school. So now that uh, we're in quarantine and lockdown, I'm actually realizing how much more important it is to take care of your family and check up on my grandparents every day, uh, get them groceries, help them out, talk with my cousins every once in a while. And actually, I feel more obliged to actually attend classes because they're right there. There's no excuse to not attend them. And I have nothing better to do. So giving more time to my education and my family. And I'm actually embracing my introvert self at this moment and being more productive at home. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. So moving to the next question, um, and then we'll join the larger group. Um, of people. So thinking about larger, the future, the future, what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future, the future of your country and the future of the world? So what influence do you think the pandemic will have on your future the future of your country and of the world. Um, let's start with Coco. Really going by how I see you all on the screen and that keeps shifting. Um, so hopefully we all have enough time. Uh, <clears throat> so in terms of how this pandemic experience will shape my future, um, so I think coincidentally at this moment, I'm working for a human rights organization called Pan America. It's an international organization that advocates for the protection of writers, artists, and creative personals, um, professionals in um, all walks of life. And um, I was earlier involved with a research project um, in which they were trying to record how different governments were putting up new policies to censor um, freedom of speech in various countries. And 
So I think the combined result of the pandemic and the different governmental response to the pandemic completely shifted my initial idea on the whole concept of freedom of speech and when and why it matters and to whom it matters. So I think um, personally, I am um, much more committed to this issue right now. And I think I might even shift my future academic research focus to align more with um, the pursuit of a global issue of um, freedom of speech. And I guess to preface that, I coming from this background um, and being previously mainly engaged with the US critique of um, China's censorship politics. I was very averse to censorship in China specifically, but during this pandemic I, and engaging with the research project that I'm doing now, I was able to see how research is such a, sorry, how censorship and the um, in, censorship encroachment on freedom of speech is such a prevalent issue all over the world, not just China, and how they are being played out in different ways, some more implicit, some more explicit. So that's how it will impact my future. Um, how, in terms of how it will impact larger um, organizations, countries in the world, I feel like it's really a time when people's beliefs are either shaken or they are more committed to certain beliefs that they hold on to and personally i don't i'm not sure whether this is a good thing or not that people are having doubts about their beliefs or that people are um holding more strongly onto some things that might not be universally true. Um, but I do feel like as people have more personal time thinking um, by themselves and um, introverted time, they do have like this, the, the fact that we're spending more time by ourselves have a direct impact on the kind of beliefs, systems that we try to hold on to in order to make sense of the complicated situations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Jia? Hello. Uh, so regarding the influence of this pandemic on my future, I don't think that this pandemic will affect my decisions that I will that I am going to do, that I had planned in my life. Uh, on contrary, it is helping me by with planning my future while I'm thinking at home. Uh, while I'm sitting at home and thinking about uh, what can I do in the future, how can I do this, how can I do that. Uh, the one thing that is going that it will have an effect on me, I think, uh, this pandemic and. Uh, talking about the emotional side also, I'm going to start to lessen the amount of time I put into listening into news because uh, uh, over the past month and a half or two months, my stress levels have gone up to the roof just by listening to news articles talking about how life won't become normal, because uh, how this, how that, how this, and it just puts a lot of stress on your mind. and. Uh, there has been times that I can't sleep at night just thinking about what 
what the world is going to be. I, then I just keep reminding myself that this is just a phase, that this phase will end, and it has happened before in life. Pandemics have happened before on larger scales, on larger larger types, let's say, and the world is still here, and we are still here. We are still surviving. So uh, I would say the most influence it would have, this pandemic has on my life is not listening to a lot of news. Uh, on my country, I think... <laughs> Uh, has a lot of uh, effect because as Garcia was saying uh, the economy was really bad and there were three months of revolutions and stuff and this pandemic was just like uh, cherry on top uh, so it will affect a lot and it's going to take a lot of time for the country to stand up on its feet again uh, I think that a lot of people should start helping each other because the whole world is not going to be able to stand up on its feet really quickly. And we have a time, let's say for six months or one year, maybe that the world is going to need time for the economy to grow back, to start working. And I think that we need to help each other. Uh, organizations and stuff need to help each other. Us individually should help each other so that we can get through this, this phase. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, who am I seeing? I'm seeing um, Shema, then I'm seeing Mehmet, and then I'm seeing Garcia. Uh, uh, for me, I think uh, my individual plans or future uh, should will not uh, affect the, as country or world uh, because uh, we. I think we realize that borders uh, are uh, not a issue for a pandemic crisis or something like that. Uh, even if country have borders, it doesn't stop any um, global crisis. Uh, so I think uh, countries uh, should be more uh, helpful uh, each other. And uh, like Lebanon, uh, Turkey economics should uh, will affected by the uh, pandemic because uh, for a month uh, our economy nearly stopped, and uh, I think it will be longer. Um, so uh, many countries uh, affected by economically, and uh, besides economically, I think uh, some governments. Uh, cannot uh, that manage uh, <laughs> manage run uh, own countries uh, properly and uh, end of the uh, pandemic or the coronavirus i think some uh, governments <laughs> cannot uh, be run uh, and i that <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Mehmet, uh, Garcia, then we'll hear from Emerson, Vivi, if you'd like to um, speak, Savag, um, Anne, and then last but not least, Barak will get the last word. Okay, so I think the influence of the pandemic to my future will be that I will do things more seriously and I won't I will take things less for granted 
And uh, another deep aspect will be that I will try to stick to the things that really matter because in this time I started talking to relatives that I hadn't talked before, talking to them how they were, how everything is going and how important actually the things that are meaningful in these times should be the things that should be giving us meaning in the normal times. So it will have an effect on my future on the aspect of me sticking to the things that matter and doing what I want to do more seriously. And on the level of my country, I think even though there may be some negative effects in the short run, it will be an opportunity to rebuild the institutions, the paradigms that we have looked at life and politically in my country and to redesign them so that it will be more strong and more durable despite the changing conditions. And on the world, I think the effect of the pandemic will be similar to my country, although we may see some negative aspects, it would be a great opportunity to rebuild our ways of living and institutions and everything else so that we are more durable and that we stick to the things that really give life meaning in times of crisis and in times in general. Okay, I'd like to say something uh, uh, based on what Girard said, and uh, I think uh, we have to take care of our minds in the moment and keep our minds sane, because uh, here in Brazil we have a discussion uh, with the, the, the people that are working with social movements, that we have to take care about infodemic. It's like uh, when you, you are folded by a lot of news and you started to be crazy because uh, you are trying to, to, to keep your mind uh, into, into the news, but, but in the same time, you have to keep your sanity. So uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that I'd like to, to say to Gerard we have to, to take care about the sanity. So, uh, but how it's, it's, the question is uh, how, how we, what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future? So I think, I, I'm trying to think it in a positive way, uh, like uh, uh, in the future, we, we will have more space for the social movements here in Brazil, principally in the fields of public policies. So I'm finger crossed to, to this because it's really, uh, it's, here in Brazil, we are facing a, a very, very far right, no, uh, a very conservative government here in Brazil, so I'm finger crossed that this this all will will be better in the future, and uh, I'm really hopefully that uh, uh, the international relations will change for a more mutual 
multilateralism politics because we are facing a lot of nationalism and uh, I would like to see uh, the international system changing for a, a, a new deal that includes uh, the environmental fight, like a Green New Deal, uh, uh, a discussion that the environmental issues have place, like uh, we, we have to discuss uh, the environmental issues, we have to discuss Amazon, we have to discuss it in a multilateral way, you know, and, and, and I don't know if I may make myself clear with multilateralism. Uh, so is that I, I, I'm, I'm aiming to, to see a better future, more concentrated in multilateralism and more uh, confident to see a Brazil that takes care of the social movements, of the activists, of the people that really make change in the society to, to get better, you know, is that. Or was it, Garcia, you can go next. It's fine, you can go, I can, I'll go later. Uh, Silva, go ahead. Okay. Uh, my voice is clear. Is it clear? Yes, you're good. Oh. So, okay. On my future country and the world. On my future, personally, when I think of my future, I think work and uh, getting in the workforce. So it's been affected very greatly. It has been affected, as uh, Garcia and Girard said, long before uh, Corona came to Lebanon. So we have been suffering a couple of months of economic uh, distress, political distress. Uh, like uh, many people, we can't uh, like go get our own money from our bank accounts. It's like, it's that uh, depressing of a situation. The banking sector is all messed up and people are basically, they were hungry before and they're becoming more hungry even more so. Now we have seen in our country a rise in uh, fundraisers, national fundraisers, NGOs helping of people, providing uh, food boxes to the needy people. So it's been a kind of a solidarity. It's good that we've witnessed this kind of solidarity in our country. Uh, Lebanon has been known for passing through different, different difficult situations and uh, it's like every time the Lebanese people come together. So it's good to see that uh, in these times, we at HBU, we were doing our part as well in distributing uh, food boxes to like 500 uh, families so far. So it's good being part of that, even though we're sitting like in our homes, but what we're doing is basically we're providing families, lists of families to the NGO so that they contact and the distribution takes place. So we've been doing our part uh, through that. So my future well i'm working on my future of course it's like paused for the time being in a big way i had uh, i was interning at our ministry of foreign affairs so that's been put to a pause uh, job opportunities there weren't many now of course there won't be for the time being unfortunately our country uh, like we've uh, 
like it's a domino effect, you know, like the problems keep uh, pushing us to different problems. So I don't know where we're going to go with our country, uh, the world. Well, uh, each country has its own uh, situation. So I think we're all in this together in some extent. Each country is dealing with it. Uh, with its own problems and we have the corona so it's like it's exposing the countries in their reality most now like uh, governments are being tested uh, do they care really about their people how much are they willing to invest we've seen in the us like they're providing a two billion stimulus package and each family is going to get like a thousand or a two thousand dollars i don't know uh, if other countries can keep up with that the least developed countries i think will suffer so it's like uh, if you compare the situation it's uh, it's going to be difficult on all levels uh, like the biggest economy in the world its healthcare system is suffering how about the rest of the world so it's needless to say so yeah it's like uh, an unprecedented situation everybody's figuring out day by day what's going to happen next so yeah, it's like, uh, it's complete uncertainty and hopefully we'll uh, go through this uh, and come out, come out in our best situation as possibly as we can. Thank you. Uh, Gassia? Uh, so on my personal life, the effect, uh, I think it won't affect much uh, to the extent of where I want to be in the future, but I think it definitely affected the process of it because uh, I was planning on uh, exploring options outside of Lebanon because just like Sevak said, uh, the options are limited in Lebanon. Uh, and I was also support to, supposed to start uh, interning uh, in a month, and I think that's impossible and out of the question. Uh, on the future, on the on our country, uh, I think uh, the revolution will start again. Uh, it took a small pause due to this uh, pandemic, but I think uh, people will get back on the streets and be even stronger. And hopefully, that can lead to uh, a solution for our horrible economy and the, our political issues. And uh, on an international scale, I think. Um, Everyone will have to suffer for a while to recover financially, economically, and emotionally even because uh, we've lost so many lives so far. And uh, on a positive note, I think uh, governments will start to reconsider their protocols and uh, reassess their processes on how to deal with uh, such pandemics, even though we've had many other experiences uh, with such pandemics, but for some reason, some governments uh, were late to announce quarantine and didn't have enough supplies. So I think they will re-evaluate uh, their medical field for this reason. Thank you. Um, I was having a bit of a meltdown, so I had to step away. So Vivian, I really appreciate you. Um, where were we in terms of people sharing back? Did Emerson get a chance or the order keeps? I think it was me who was supposed Anne, please. Okay. Can you hear me? 
Yes. Hello? Okay, so I think how COVID is gonna affect me uh, and my future work. Yes, yes, it's gonna affect me big time because of the uh, things that I had planned to do in terms of traveling projects and everything like definitely have to stop but then of course it doesn't stop me to like marching into the future because i feel like uh, uh i feel like covid has provided an opportunity for people to leverage on technology because for the longest time people only relied on the common common uh, common uh, technology bits like the social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But right now they are realizing, oh, there is Zoom apart from Skype that we can do this. So I feel like, yes, I've, I've moved all my projects online and I'm, I can only hope for the best now. In terms of the country, I feel like this is a challenge. And I like somebody else who, who just said that it's like governments are being put into test. Like, yeah, and, and I would like to share the same sentiments and say, for example, the preparedness of the governments to deal with to deal with the to deal with emerging issues and then what are the policies that are they are putting in place for example in kenya there has been enough policies but the problem has always been implementation and now i feel like they've been put into a test and i think the kenyan government i'll cut them some slack and say they've tried if you know how it works it's a devolved system so like in, in in where I come from, we have like a governor. So like the county government of Mombasa then has like rolled out a, a, a basic program to supply food to all uh, to all uh, like the residents living in Mombasa, which I think is a plus. But again, it goes back now to like uh, the realities on the ground. It is one thing to supply food, but then it is another thing to take the the actually needed measures. This this COVID has just us now who knows what other pandemic is gonna hit how prepared are they in terms of dealing with with all the bits in terms of uh psychological support for the for the uh for the people especially who have been directly affected by the covid19 and then in terms of politically and economically i think i don't want to say i love this face it might sound crazy but for once we can breathe because there's no politics going on right now because of the pandemic and yeah for those kenya is a very political country and then in terms of the economy i think covid19 is gonna cripple if not all most of the economies in the world and it's gonna take some time before we can come back all to our feet and most importantly for young people it is that eureka moment for the government uh, for them to realize they've actually realized that the young people do matter in these processes and if i echo the sentiments of our health uh, of our health minister he just said the other day that he's calling for young people to come and help in covid and we were like for the longest time as young people in this country we've always felt like we are not being considered in decision making yes we are considered but not meaningful meaningfully engaged and like i was asking myself oh so is that eureka moment for the government to actually realize there is need to to really set proactive policies and not reactive policies where you're just setting this one to counter this particular thing but I think they should do more of an analysis, but most importantly, I will say that this uh, pandemic has also shown the government that there is local capacity in the country to do some things. For example, Anova County that is really producing uh, the mask in, in, in high 
in high levels, like in, in large numbers. Uh, just the other day, Kenyatta University came up with ventilators. So it has provided an opportunity even for the government and the country to realize existing potential and existing capacities that they have that they need to tap into. But also, most importantly, how best then can they how best then can they improve on the technology build of it on the necessary on the necessary infrastructure that is needed because as much as we are talking about working from home yes we will work from home what about those people who are living in the informal settlement how are they going to work from home and even us who who are working from home or at least have a job or something in terms of the costings the tariffs for the data and everything Uh, I guess I was next. Yeah, please okay. go. We get rid okay. of Okay, thank you. So, so um, how it will affect me, I'll say uh, it, it has given me time. How it affect my country, I can say economical instability, that which has been mentioned much of the product and services, it will take time for them to get to their to the normal, uh, the normal, how they used to be. Then uh, being that uh, there's no much of social interaction, that means that there's no, there's little on development and infrastructure. Uh, being that there are no learning, uh, it also means that our future is also at stake because we believe that the young people or the young ones are the future and uh, the things like academic are not being provided uh, them at this uh, at their tender age. That means at the, that it's uh, the future it has stake. Uh, then uh, positively it will affect, uh, it will help uh, my country, that's Kenya, in coming up with more research and um, development and investment on, on online space. Uh, especially this will <clears throat> be able to reduce uh, some of uh, things like jam and uh, being able to reduce things like physical. Um, okay, I'm being interrupted. Okay, being able to reduce physical uh, meetups, uh, it will also reduce things there like other diseases like uh, uh, TB. It also uh, lead to develop things like hygiene will always be paramount. Worldwide, this the, the, uh, the pandemic will lead to uh, lack of trust between nations. It will lead to uh, some country might uh, might want to replicate this and turn uh, this pandemic into biological uh, weapons, and also it has it will lead to threat when it comes to overseas learning. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, for some reason, my internet is lagging. Uh, I want to.